Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Anacrusic Podcast. You are listening to episode number 55. Today on TAP, I'm talking all about where to find stuff. And today is part one of a two-part series where I'm going to share a few of my favorite things. You're listening to the Anacrusic Podcast with Anne Molesky, the music teacher and curriculum designer behind Anacrusic.com. This podcast is all about making your music teacher life more purposeful, sequential, and joyful, so you can take a breath and love each and every moment you spend making music with kids. So grab a cup of coffee and kick up your feet, because it's time for another episode. and welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to share a few of my favorite things with you today. Cue the sound of music. (laughs) But for real, I have a list of 10 of my favorite printed resources that you can use in your classroom tomorrow as part of our back to basic season inside of season three of the Anacrusic podcast. So I tried to switch it up a little bit across different categories to try to be helpful to as many people as possible. And instead of finding theoretical resources or historical resources, I wanted to find things that would give you stuff to do in your classroom. So I have 10 of my favorite resources of the moment because it's really hard to pick 10 of like my all-time favorites and it really depends on where you're teaching and who you are and what your classroom looks like and all that good stuff. But here are my 10 favorite of the moment and you can check out links to all of these inside of the show notes if you want to get them for your own classroom. But without further ado, let's just jump into it because we got 10 to talk about. So the very first resource I want to share with you today is something that I've talked about on the podcast a ton, and that is An American Methodology by Anne Eisen and Lamar Robertson. Now, the reason that I always come back to this text is because it's really an all-in-one, like, biggest bang for your buck kind of deal. And while it's considered a Kodai-inspired resource, it's just a really, really great starting point for anybody who feels like... I don't know what to do with the small children in my classroom (laughs) because there is tons and tons of information about planning, about choosing repertoire, about how to teach a song, about how to teach a game, and suggested lessons for all of the kids, all of the grade levels inside of the book and the song material at the end. So it really is like all of the things inside. Now I will say, just like I talk about with any curriculum guide or any curriculum resource or any resource period for that matter, is I certainly don't use this verbatim in my classroom. It's meant to be an inspiration place, like a place where you can go and look and say, oh, I can see why they did this thing that way. And then you can go and alter it and make changes as appropriate for your own classroom. So if you look at the instructional sequence that's inside of this textbook, that's actually not the one that I use. Um, It's pretty close, but some of the concepts are in a different order than what I particularly use in my classroom, just because my son repertoire is 
different, and that's probably a discussion for a completely different day. But just know that this is just a suggested sequence. It's just an idea. It's a point of inspiration. But it's a really, really great point of inspiration. So while it is a little bit more expensive than some of the other resources we're talking about, it really gives you a comprehensive look at what a music curriculum looks like in the elementary music school classroom. So if you just don't have anything to get started with, you could pick this book up and you could look at the lesson plans, you could look at the song material, and you could have a really, really great first couple of weeks or months inside of your classroom. I also do want to mention that since this textbook is such a great example of a curriculum and sequencing and sort of the way that I approach using particular songs and why and how and all that good stuff inside of my classroom, I tend to always use that as my required text for pedagogy students when I'm teaching summer levels programs. So particularly in Kodai training courses, of course, but um it's just such a great example. It's a very pithy read. It's really accessible. It's not too heady. It's not too researchy. It's just like, here is a great way to teach music to kids. So I think that that is a great starting point if you don't have any curriculum and you don't really know where to start or have an ordering of concepts and all that good stuff, pick up a copy of An American Methodology. The second resource I want to share with you today, I'm cheating a little bit because it's actually two books, but I very, very rarely see them like in isolation of one another. As a matter of fact, if you go on Amazon, it's like a suggested, (laughs) it's a suggested purchase to get them together, right? You know how you can get that whole bundle, all three of these. Um, But anyway, so those two texts are 150 American Folk Songs to Sing, Read, and Play, and then Sail Away, which is 155 American Folk Songs to Sing, Read, and Play. And what I love about these song collections, and they are just song collections, but what I love about them is the way that they are organized. So you know, probably if you are a longtime listener of the podcast, that when I choose something to put into my classroom, if I'm going to use something inside of a lesson, it's going to have a very distinctive purpose. And a lot of times that has to do with different modes of active music making, whether it be movement or singing or speech or playing instruments or any of those things. And it also has to have a correlation to a musical literacy and fluency component like a melodic and rhythmic concept. So what's great about these song collections is it's organized by tone sets and it gives you indices by tone sets and rhythms and all of the things so that you can find songs that are going to fit what you need inside of your curriculum. Now, I do not recommend... always going to a song collection and being like, I need a song for Ray, and then just finding the song for Ray. That's not the ideal way to approach establishing your music classroom. And those of you who are inside of my program, The Sequencing Solution, know this. Like, I am all about finding music that inspires you as a musician, because that will inspire your kids as musicians as well. That being said, life happens sometimes, and sometimes you do need a song for this, that, or the other thing. The other thing is these are such rich song collections with such quality musical materials that I am pretty confident in saying that most of these inspire musicianship and music making and all of that good stuff. So you really, really can't go wrong. And there is such a uh, depth and breadth of choices to use inside of your classroom. 
So if you feel like you just don't know very many songs, this is a great place to start. Pick up these two books and flip through them. See where maybe you could feel a little bit of a spark to put one of these songs inside of your classroom. There's game directions, there's analyses, there's all that kind of stuff all waiting for you inside of 150 American Folk Songs and Sail Away. My third favorite resource of the moment comes from Susan Brumfield. So again, this is predominantly kind of a Kodai-inspired text, but hold tight. We're going to branch out a little bit, but y'all know this is kind of where I'm grounded, (laughs) so it feels right to kick this off here. But anyway, the first We Sing series is really, really excellent. This is something that I haven't been exposed to until like just the last couple of years, but I've picked up both of the songbooks and the teaching guide. And again, if you are not sure what to do with a song, if you're not sure how to sequence um, discovery moments or literacy moments in your classroom, this is a really really great resource for you. And what I really like about it is not only does she include the songs and the game directions and the historical context, but she also includes different ways to introduce the song, different ways to sing and play and move with the song, different ways to read and write and listen and analyze and create and play. And she kind of goes through the entire process, an entire learning sequence with each of these songs and what she would use them for. So it's a really great place to start because it's so clearly laid out step by step. So if you are having a hard time looking at a song and knowing how to sequence it in a series of lessons, this would be a really, really great resource for you. It also includes a CD and the option to reproduce pages, which is really, really great. So this is the first We Sing series by Susan Brumfield. Okay, I have two more sort of song collection type things for you to share today. Um, And the fourth one is by the New England Dancing Masters, but it's not necessarily a movement resource. So I'm talking about I'm Growing Up, which is subtitled Finger Plays, Action Songs, Singing Games, and Stories for Young Children. And if you've never seen the Amadons at a workshop or a conference, oh my gosh, it's magical when they do these activities. It really and truly is. Um, I picked up this book two years ago, I want to say, two years ago, maybe three years ago, but I have just worn it out. I absolutely love this book for my kindergarten and my first grade kiddos. I use it a lot with my children's chorus, to be honest with you, because there's just so many things that are rich and beautiful melodies, but also things that are like lots and lots of active music making, lots and lots of repetition, lots and lots of things that are good for those foundational musical concepts like study beat and all the comparatives and all that type of stuff. So what's great about this is not only do you get the notation and the instructions and the words, but they usually provide some anecdotal information as well. And they also include a CD and a DVD with the book. So if you're looking for something that would rock your kindergarten kids world or like preschool or just early childhood stuff, this has seriously been my jam. So again, that's I'm Growing Up by the New England Dance Masters. And last but not least, at least in terms of these more song collection types of resources, I wanted to include something that had a little bit more diverse music making in it. And so I decided to share with you guys today Step It Down, which is by Bessie Jones and Bess Lomax Hawes. And it's Games, Plays, Songs, and Stories from the Afro-American Heritage. And this book 
is so cool. And what I love about it is that, again, it includes all of the notation, it includes the game directions, but it includes tons and tons of stories. So not only do you just like look at the page and think, oh, this is how you play the game, this is how the song goes, but you get to kind of live and breathe like an ethnomusicologist because they take you through these experiences that they were actually having with children playing these games. So it's really, really a wonderful resource. There's lots and lots of different types of games. The songs are incredibly exciting for your kids, especially your older kids. Um, So the different categories inside are baby games and plays, clapping plays, jumps and skips, singing plays, ring plays, dances, house plays, outdoor games, and then songs and stories. And there's just so much inside of this. It is so, 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 so rich, not just for like all of the pedagogical implications, but just for like exciting and new ways of making music and listening to music and experiencing music. And one of my favorite things to do is when I am teaching kids songs from this book is I actually take the time to share the story with them because then they can imagine that there's other kids in the world who are playing these games in a place that's outside of our own music room. And of course, if I had all the time in the world to share all sorts of different diverse resources with you from different cultures, I would. Um, The reason I chose this one is because if you're just used to doing kind of the square, for lack of a better term, um, folk songs inside of your classroom, this is a really, really great entry point into starting to explore musics of diverse cultures inside of your classroom for your kids. Because remember that you do want to be choosing songs and experiences that are representative of your community. And so even if it's outside of your comfort zone, it's good to start anywhere and just start making it happen. And this is a really accessible place to start. And again, like I said, the book has so much rich information, so much stuff for you to sift through and think about and even share with your kids. So again, that's Step It Down by Bessie Jones and Bess Lomax Hawes. The next resource I want to share with you is kind of getting outside of the song collection or singing um, collection kind of vibe for lack of a better term and moving into some other stuff so number six is a great great listening resource that again I've mentioned on the podcast before by Brent Galt and it's called listen up fostering musicianship through active listening and this is not your typical listening lesson book this is not like sit down and dictate and do all of these things with a listening map no 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 this is active music making movement-based listening lessons. And I love each and every one of these activities so much. Again, if you haven't seen um, Brent Galt do any of his active listening stuff at a workshop or a conference um, and you have the opportunity to someday, definitely, definitely, definitely go. (laughs) It's amazing. So what's cool about this book is not only does he include the sequencing for each and every lesson. He also includes visuals, which you can download for an interactive whiteboard, and you get a list of all the repertoire that he suggests using. Um, And what I love about this is, again, with all of these resources, this is a really, really great resource to take as is and try in your classroom. But once you've done the activities inside of the book, you start to kind of understand the patterns or the sequencing for what a really effective active 
listening lesson looks like and you can probably start to create some of your own in the same style um, but again everything that's in here I've used and there's just some amazing amazing stuff that kids go nuts for so again that's listen up by Brent Galt Going back to New England Dancing Masters for number six, let's talk about a more quote-unquote traditional movement resource because it's all about folk dancing. And this is Chimes of Dunkirk. And if you know about New England Dancing Masters, you know they have tons and tons of these books with accompanimental CDs that go along with them. And the directions are really, really clear. They're really accessible. They have them sequenced beautifully. They have notation, they have suggestions for teaching, all of that good stuff. However, for whatever reason, I find that Chimes of Dunkirk is the one that I go back to over and over and over again, and it seems to be the one that's the easiest to get started with. I don't know if it's just the nature of the dances and that there's similarities throughout them, but I feel like if I need something in a pinch, if I need something that I know that any class can handle, I can usually find something that's really, really successful inside of Chimes of Dunkirk. Again, there's like a ton of these resources. I have them all. I love, love, love their stuff. But if you just want to get your kids moving and you haven't done a lot of folk dance inside of your classroom and you want to just build community, or even if you're planning a school event um, or you have double classes, these books are awesome. So my recommendation is to start with Chimes of Dunkirk, and that's by the New England Dancing Masters. Moving away from a folk dancing movement resource and into something that encompasses a lot more of creative dancing and movement implications kind of as musicianship in its own right, I highly, highly, highly recommend the book Creative Dance for All Ages by Anne Green Gilbert. Um, she does an amazing job in the beginning of this text talking about all of the different things that you should consider when you are teaching movement and dance to children. And she talks about young children, old children, special old children, older children, special populations, non-dancers, quote unquote, things to think about um, in terms of cognitive outcomes, physical outcomes, all that kind of stuff, all of the terms and definitions that are encompassed inside of movement. And not only that, but she has tons and tons of lesson ideas throughout out the entire book with suggested ages, suggested lengths for the actual lesson themselves. And it's just a really, really rich resource. Again, it's really, really accessible. If movement is a new or a scary idea to you, this is an amazing place to start and just really sift through it and start to think about places that you could add in a movement activity with something that you're already doing in your classroom. Because the way that she explains it is, again, just, I don't know how else to say it except by just saying it's accessible. Um, so, so make sure you check out Creative Dance for All Ages by Anne Green Gilbert. So now moving away from movement and into instruments for our last two resources. Number nine that I recommend is for recorder. And I've looked at a few recorder resources. And what's troubling for me sometimes is looking at something that is more suited for adults than for kids. And I absolutely, absolutely love Everyday Recorder, Recorder Every Day by Michael Chandler. 
So Michael's been on the podcast before, and he was actually my recorder teacher when I went through my ORF levels, and he has written a completely brilliant book, which if you know Michael, is not surprising because he is brilliant, but he takes you through the exact lessons that you should do with your kids even if you're just starting with one note. (laughs) And that's pretty amazing to have an entire lesson on just one note that is way, way more exciting than just like trying to play with a good tone. I mean, that's super duper important, but I think that all of those things are implied. And he, of course, talks about all of that inside of this text. But the majority of these lessons are based on making music. (laughs) So even though kids are just playing one note in lesson one, They have the opportunity to improvise through text-based improvisation, or you can add barred instruments and all that good stuff. And so throughout this entire book, it's beautifully, beautifully sequenced and gives kids lots and lots of opportunity for choice. It definitely holds their interest. This is what I've used to teach recorder with my older kiddos, and it's a great, great way to sequence your instruction, going through and giving kids that opportunity to do more than just like make a sound on the recorder, if you know what I mean. It really becomes an integral part of your classroom where you're reinforcing different concepts and making it a holistic approach to teaching recorder. So again, if you're looking for an awesome, awesome way to sequence your recorder instruction and make it a part of what you do every day, like the title says, check out Everyday Recorder, Recorder Every Day by Michael Chandler. And last but not least is another instrument resource, and this one is also very much ORF Schulwerk inspired. This is by Jane Frazee, and it's a supplement to Music for Children, which if you're not aware, those are the the main ORF volumes that um, we use in the ORF Schulwerk. Um, but Jane Frazee made this text called Playing Together, an Introduction to Teaching ORF Instrument Skills. So if you have barred instruments in your classroom and you have no idea where to begin, you need to pick up this book. It's not very expensive. It's very, very accessible. That's a theme here. It's very, very accessible, and it takes you from the beginning all the way through all of the different types of instrumental techniques or a bard instrument or a mallet techniques that you might choose to do with some of your older students. So it begins as simple as enjoying sounds and telling stories on the bard instruments and going through to playing accompaniments and the different ways that that can happen in an or schulwerk context and then going through to playing melodies and then playing two-part instrumental pieces. And she gives lots and lots and lots of great examples and lesson ideas that again you can put right into your classroom. So if ORF instruments or BARD instruments have always been a mystery to you, or you just need something a little bit more concrete to follow as an example on how to sequence that instruction in your classroom, check out Playing Together, an introduction to teaching ORF instrument skills. All right, friends, so those are my 10 favorite printed resources right now. I went through that fast and furious, partly because I can't catch my breath, it seems, right now, because hashtag 30 weeks pregnant. So hopefully all of that is helpful to you. I feel like I got a good mixed bag, so there's something for everybody inside. Um, But again, I think that all of this is so applicable immediately to your classroom, no matter what stage of teaching you're in. So if you're looking for something that 
gives you stuff in terms of song collections or in terms of movement or listening or doing instruments in your classroom. All of these resources are really, really great places to start. If you want links so that you can check them out for yourself, go ahead and check out the show notes. And next week on the podcast, we're going to get into part two of my favorite things where I'm going to talk about stuff that isn't printed resources, but other things you might want for your classroom. So until next time, guys, have a great week and make sure that you're still taking a break for yourself amidst all the planning and the excitement of the brand new school year that you're feeling this summer because you totally deserve to take that break. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Anna Krusik podcast. For more details and information from this episode, check out the show notes on anacrusic.com. While you're there, join the Tap Insiders community on Facebook, where you can collaborate with Anne and other music educators. Also, if you found this episode entertaining or informative, don't forget to share with your music besties and leave a review on iTunes. The Anna Krusik Podcast is a proud member of the Music Teacher Development Podcast Network. The Muted Network provides support in the form of audio on-demand programming designed by and for music educators. You can find more information about our network at mutedpodcasts.com.